I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, what's up? And welcome to a bonus episode of Serious Issues. We are a weekly. In this case, we are bi-weekly. Is that when you do twice in one week? Yeah. Yes. That's what it means. Is it bi-week? I get confused. Fortnightly is when it's every second week. Correct. So it's bi-weekly. This week, we are a bi-weekly podcast. Glad we, glad we cleaned that up. Um, we are a podcast about comic books. Usually, we record from King's, from King's Comics. But this week, we are in a, uh, a pub in Sydney with uh, some inappropriately funky music blaring over the speakers. I think we're a very funky podcast, though. Sure. They get suits. Sure, yeah. Never say that about us again. Um, <laughs> funky, so my, funky as in stinky mattress? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's, the only, that's, that's the only kind of funky, right? <laughs> um, my name's Andrew Levins. My name's Siobhan. Siobhan Coombs, Siobhan even. Coombs, yep. yep. And uh, this week, we have a special guest. We often talk about uh, you know, the inevitable question that comes up from listeners is, hey, which Australian comics should we be reading? And we have brought up Pat Grant's name quite a few times. Um, he's with us right now. He's the author of uh, a comic book that I read a few years ago called Blue, which is a, uh, a comic that was uh, released independently first. You can actually read it all in its entirety for free at boltonblue.com. No .au? Wow, baller. Uh, That's it. And Top Shelf um, collected it a couple years ago. It's about uh, a small town of Sydney, a beach community of Sydney, and uh, they get invaded by aliens, but uh, it's not a sci-fi comic. It's more of a, a comment on immigration and uh, Australian racism. Uh, yeah, that's pretty culture. good. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> uh, it was written and drawn by Pat, and uh, he's talking to us today because uh, not only has he written and drawn a comic, but he is going to perform the comic next uh, next week at the uh, Wollongong. What fe- what's the festival called? So there's a music festival called Yours and Owls, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and they're doing a fringe festival around their music festival, and this show that um, I'm putting together is part of that. Sure. So uh, yeah, it's at the uh, the Yours and Owls fringe stage in the uh, cultural precinct in Wollongong on the 29th of September. Uh, tickets are 25 bucks. Get that out of the way now. 25 bucks? You could buy the book for that. Why, why would you go to the, <laughs> the show? The book's fucking free. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so we're going to be talking about what exactly uh, makes up a live, a live comic book experience. And we'll be talking about what, what led Pat to uh, write Blue, what comics he read when he was a kid. Because we've had a, a brief conversation. We've, we're drinking a couple cold ones right now on this uh, slightly humid Wednesday afternoon. And uh, we were talking about Pat not really having the same kind of 
comic book upbringing as we did. Um, and trying to think of like different Australian creators that are still making comic books now. Pat, what comic books did you used to read when you were a kid? Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, of course. I'm, uh, it's yeah, a pleasure to be on the podcast. Welcome. Um, I, I know I, I totally just interrupted your introduction. Like. That's fine. <laughs> That's good. Keeps us on our toes. What, what was the question? Um, what comic books did you read growing up? Oh. Um, Mad Magazine, of mm-hmm. course. So my, my sort of story comes from just being a little bit poor. I, was, I wasn't heaps poor, but my parents just didn't... Did, I didn't get much pocket money. And so, and I lived in a little country town, and they only had, like, some comics. Mm-hmm. So there was absolutely no guarantee you could get any continuity. <laughs> so you would drop, like, seven bucks on, like, like a foil-covered, like, X-Men, like, yeah. you know, like, I don't know, like, Phalanx Covenant or something like that. And then, like, you wouldn't get the... You wouldn't, you you you, you know, you would, you'd only get like a, you know, shard of the story, and then and then, you just couldn't, you couldn't find the next one, and I always just felt ripped off. So when the news agents so, stopped getting that series, you'd be like, why? Yeah, but it was even like they would order one in, and you know, and someone else would buy it. So my sort of entire experience of uh, like uh, superhero comics, Marvel comics, DC comics was just this sort of bad taste in my mouth about like being ripped off or something so so I bought Mad that was the one that was very reliable you know um, when you lived in a country town and um, what about Cracked uh, Cracked is like <laughs> I, I've got to say I was clever enough to know that it kind of sucked so like, Siobhan's like, boyfriend Beth, I'm so glad I'm going to play this for my boyfriend because we have an ongoing argument like I'm a I loved Mad Magazine. I had a lot of Mad leftover from um, when I was growing up, and he keeps saying that Cracked was better. I was like, I just, I can't even have this conversation with you yeah, because yeah. it's just not like it's not even on the same level. Yeah, yeah. Mad had the legacy. That was yeah. what that was what was good about it. Like it had the, uh, you know, it was drawing from a hundred years of not a hundred, yeah. it was fifty years of like interesting stuff. Whereas Cracked was just like, let's do another movie parody. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, and Mad didn't worry. No, that was their thing. But the, do you remember? You, you, you think about it with these rose-colored glasses when you think back on all the reprints of the Don Martin stuff and the Sergio Aragona stuff. But then you go back, like to your Mad collection, and there's like all this weird cricket humor, like the, the Australian <laughs> content, this badly, yeah. terribly designed, like, like hack jobs of like with cricket humor and all this stuff, and you're like, what? And then if you got like an American issue of Mad, you were like. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> all the good stuff. <laughs> There's no cricket stuff in here. So yeah. your comic Blue follows uh, three young people in this small country country beach town. Was that similar? Did you live? Did you just live in a country town, or was there a beach nearby? No, it was too? a beach town. It was just south of Coffs Harbour. Oh, cool. Um, and there's a great scene in which they are in like a newsagent and uh, reading comics, and one of them reads an American comic, and they think it's shit. Yeah. But they're obsessed with a comic called Gonad Man. Yeah. Is yeah. that a real thing? That's a real thing, yeah. It's still a <gasps> thing, actually. Really? Yeah, yeah. That, um, Is it strictly for grommets or what? Sort of. So that was the other the other kind of comics and, and graphics that I was encountering. Excuse me. Was in, uh, was in Surfing Magazine. So, yeah. That, um, uh, and Gonad Man was, was one of those. So that, that was like... It, a massive influence on me. Do you want to explain to our listeners the kind of oh. ethos of Gonad Man? It's re- it's pretty pretty badly drawn, which is, which is still my taste. Like, um, and it was sort of 
this guy with a massive dong who was kind of like, I think he had like intellectual development problems, but he was like a, he was like a surfer and it was, you know, I don't want to get too romantic about it. Like, like, because it's, you know, like, like it was, it was of its time and it was certainly like the sort of thing that a 15 year old or a 14 year old might like, but yeah, it had a huge, huge influence on me. And I went to visit the the artist once, actually. Where does he live? He lives. He he he. At the time, he was living in Wollongong, but now he lives in uh, Nambaka Heads, which is near where I grew up. So, I went and uh, I, I chased him down one day. And is, is he rich off that gonad man money? No, no, he he's he's not rich. <laughs> but um, but but you should um, you should check out his uh. He's he's got stuff online and he's got a new book out that's that's pretty interesting. What's his name? His name's Mark Sutherland. I'm writing that down <laughs> for me. Yeah, that th- sounds exactly like my kind of humor. <laughs> Go Mad Mag. Yeah, too, I, I, too I, hot for Mad Magazine. <laughs> Even for Australian Mad yeah. Magazine. <laughs> yeah, because we, we 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 often get asked questions about Australian comic books, mm-hmm. and uh, you know your mind immediately goes towards. The Australian creators that are lending their their writing or their or their art to you know the, the big big creators the big sorry big comic book publishers yeah, like you know your Nicholas Scott who's doing Phils for DC or mm-hmm. Tom Taylor for Marvel that kind of thing. Um, but <clears throat> growing up, I actually, especially in my teenage years, I definitely would have read more like Australian comic zines and that kind of thing uh, from from going to like because I, I, I was very involved in the music scene and. There was always a zine fair at, at, at music festivals and stuff like that. <clears throat> Were you part of that scene before you? Yeah, got to write that, that's how I that's how I kind of got into it. Um, yeah, I think I was probably at the same events you were at. You know, sure, like, yeah, this yeah. is not art and zine fairs in Melbourne and, and stuff like that. And you know, I, I remember coming back from the first one with like a stack of stuff, and I just immediately sat down and started making my own scenes that mm. was like that was that was pretty exciting um but I, I always had ambitions to do big to do books too so like I like I kind of I I feel like I kind of used used zine making as a as a way to like develop skills and build an audience and then and then I've kind of like, unfortunately, I've, I've left it behind a little bit, which makes me a little bit sad. But now I'm working on these massive books, and I can't like, I can't seem to finish like these short turnaround projects. Right, sure. So yeah, what, since Blue, what have you been working on? Um, I did a I did a, a comic about my um, my dad, who uh, who passed away. So Blue came out in 2012, and I had a really difficult year that year. Bunch of bunch of things changed in my life, and um, I uh, my dad died, which is one of the things. But what was interesting about that was I'd started drawing a comic about him the week before he died, wow. and so then and I hadn't finished it, of course, because I like I take forever to do anything, um, and so like it became this complex project of sort of like trying to finish the piece and. Changing it into something that was, you know, as important as the, the you know, time that I was going through, you know. So, um, and that, uh, that ended up, it was, I, I had planned it, this story about my dad to take like two weeks and it ended up taking like 13 months. <laughs> and it was quite short, but um, that, that uh, 
came out online as well. And that, I think that I think that won one of the the Ledger Awards and got a bit of a got a fair few readers. And I've I've, I've printed that as well. Where, where, uh, can, at, where can people who want to read it online find it? Such as I myself. Think, uh, I think you can uh, you can go to my shop. I've got like a big cartel site. Okay. It's just Pat Grant Art is the is the thing. I think you, you can buy it there. Um, and uh, and since then I've so. When uh, Blue came out, I, I went to the States and did a, li- did a tour and uh, di- I did some events in comic book stores and went to Toronto Comic Arts Festival and MoCA in New York and went to another one, I can't... We, we, we just did a, I did a, bu- a little tour with a bunch of Australian, Australian artists and at the end, we sort of finished up in Portland and I was staying at, um, at Craig Thompson's house Craig um, Thompson, a writer like, and, and artist and, of, uh, and of his, blankets, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Habibi, yeah. So, so Craig was off on off on a holiday, and he and we we house sat for him, um, and uh, his partner um, Sierra was one of the editors at Dark Horse at the time, and I and I found like a I found like a a Buffy script on the tape on the bench, and I was just like I was reading it, and I was like. Man, I want to do this. Like, I want to, I want to write. I want to write like, Buffy. like a dark horse comic. Yeah, that sounds yeah. fun, you know. And um, and so I just sat down at Craig Thompson's desk and started writing this um, this thing that was. I just decided, okay, I'm going to do a book that's aimed at not at my sort of you know intellectual, overeducated friends. Who are smarter than me? I'm gonna aim. I'm gonna aim it at myself as a 15 year old. So this is like, this is like a like a, a gift to a, to a, to a former a former self. This book, and um, and so it's gonna be trashy and genre. And the idea was like, I wanted to do a book about like teenage con artists that were like in this sort of uh, post-industrial future in Australia, um, and that I started writing that. In when we're in Portland, and I'm still working on that. Right. So it's like it's four and a half years later, and I'm still, still, still plugging away at it. And it's still a long way to go. <laughs> it's 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 insane. It's all like uh, uh, ink and ink and watercolor wow. originals, and cool. so it's really like old school traditional artwork. And of course, like yeah. Um, and I've and it's long, you know. So, so that's what I've been working on for a long time. And that's called Ambient Yeast, and it's about nice. yeah. So like that part of the part of the the world building is that like the new technology of the time is like um is uh is we don't have we don't have fossil fuels anymore. So you know we're in a we're in a world after pe- after sort of a, a post oil world, and um and so all of the all all of the like human civilization solves its problems not not by kind of finding new applications for fossil fuels, but by um, but by sort of using uh, algae and fungus and uh, microbial technologies. So um, so it's like this really sort of like slimy, <laughs> um, like stinky, fermented kind of world, and uh, and and these uh, 
I'm pitching the book to you now, so <laughs> yeah, no, we, we just got to write I'm, it I'm out, guys. It <laughs> already adding it to my pull list. Yeah. Sounds amazing. So yeah, yeah. So 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 the story kind of kind of opens in this uh, in this sort of like the f- the gold rush town of the future, and and a new kind of. Uh, a new algae-based sort of like a new a new species of algae has been discovered and in this in this sort of disgusting sort of like humid fermented swamp, and this and this uh, and this algae is like, uh, um, it's it's a potential new fuel source, and like capitalism still capitalism. So there's venture venture capitalists and they're they're trying to get in on the algae game, but like the only way to find it is to just to go for a, a walk in the swamp and just find this sort of weird green oil slick on top on top of the swamp so like it's a poor world so all of these are uh, all of these poor all of these poor people who don't ha- have much material wealth have sort of flocked to this swamp and they're and they're all sort of uh, they're all sort of looking for this algae so it's it's like a it's like the gold rush of the future um and so the story's about these two 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 brothers who arrive in this town, and they are um, and they are medical practitioners. So they grow um, they grow yogurt. So they they make it. They make this. They make medicinal yogurts. And they <laughs> it's, this appeals to your fifteen year old. Oh self yeah, now. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But, 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 the, but the thing is, this town is the perfect setting for a con man, right? Sure. Yeah. Because it's a, like it's a boom town, and you know people people are going there to get rich. They go in there with nothing. They're getting rich. In a, in, in a morning's work and getting poor in an afternoon, you know, like, so, uh, so these two, um, these, these two brothers sort of arrive in this town and one of them becomes um, embroiled in a syndicate of, uh, of teenage um, grifters and the other one is sort of uh, just trying to get the family business running in the town. And that's the story. Man. Yeah. Find me <laughs> up. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so that's been sort of a... Uh, that's been that's been sort of consuming me for for quite a long time. Do the um do the antagonists brew their own kombucha? Oh, no, what do they do? I don't know. I don't think the antagonists have like a um I don't think they have like an angle, like a like a <laughs> some sort of brewing or or fermenting angle. They're just like it's like a it's like a kind of silicon valley thing where like the antagonists are all like these like slimy capitalists who are just like like standing there ready to prey on on anyone who discovers anything new you know that sounds unreal yeah i'm really excited for <laughs> I'm that on board. so when can we expect that next you month? didn't ask me for the pitch but uh but you got it oh we got it that's uh, great. very happy um, anyway. yeah that'll be years maybe that should be like our monthly creator based <laughs> creator interview should just be them pitching us their next series yeah, totally. <laughs> we can't offer you anything now that we've approved it but it gets our approval yeah, I, I think it's going to come out through Top Shelf, but uh, awesome. it'll be a while. And I've got a French publisher as well. But, it, um, you know, I just can't think about that stuff. No, totally I just not. have to get the, the, the job done, you know. So. so how did that relationship with Top Shelf come about? Because you published Blue in, in chunks on your website for yeah. over the course of two yeah. years, is it? Yeah, with, oh, about a year, yeah. yeah. Um, I just sent... I just got a friend to hand um, some Top Shelf stuff, the manuscript, and um, Chris emailed me. Chris Starris at Top Shelf emailed me after that. So it was, uh, you know, the relationship hasn't been lucrative for for Top Shelf yet. You know, sure. so 
he's been they've been really good they've been really good and obviously top shelf has been swallowed by idw now so yeah uh and chris Starris is now the head of is he the he's the main editor at ID, idw i believe I'm not we don't run a car yeah. podcast we don't know yeah <laughs> <laughs> so anyway so so like that's kind of interesting and it's sort of fortuitous for me because I'm, I'm, I kind of see this perhaps as something that fits better in a comic book store than the last book, which I, doesn't really fit yeah. any, anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Algae-based books go very well at Kings, <laughs> right? Huge, Sean, yeah. massive sellers, really big. Um, so we, we brought up earlier at the start of the episode that Blue is a uh, you know a, a common bit of a commentary on on uh, white. Young white people adapting to multiculturalism. It's about yeah. It's about poor white kids learning how to be racist. That's the that's the that's what I how I kind of picture it. Yeah. But it came out in 2012, and uh, that's when you finished it all. Yeah, around, yep. around then. Yeah. And during that time, I feel like Australia as a whole was a little bit better in regards to kind of like you know we're certainly most of us are more, a bit more wiser four years down the track now. But the greater country, like, you know, Pauline Hansen is back. Yeah. And all these things that we thought we were rid of in 2012 has kind of festered, yeah, it's not fun- unlike Algae. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny that y- you say that because I-, I had this sort of, like, I, g- I got interested in all that stuff after the, Cron- you know, around the time of the Cronulla riots and that was mm. like 2005. Yeah. And so the book came out seven years after that, and I was sort of thinking, well, you know, it's a bit late now. Like this, this, this is the past. Right. You know, you're, racism you is know. always very popular. Yeah, and and, cool. it's, and you're, you're absolutely right. That's that, that's been the case. You know, so like the the conversation that the book is contributing to can, can continues to you know to everyone's despair. Can I pitch you a, a concept for a blue sequel? Based on recent racism events yeah, in Australia, um, just, just this is the title: Blueface. <laughs> Excellent. Sold. Nice. How would that play out? <laughs> would you go back in time to do it? So, like, well, no, because so, so, so all, all the people that are like saying that blackface is cool have not gone back in time to say. Oh, it right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we could do like a some sort of a some sort of hey hey it's Saturday parody or something. Yeah, that Harry Connick Jr. to pay off to sign <laughs> off on it. What was the reaction to Blue sort of um, overseas and in the US? Because it, like, reading it, it's so. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Uniquely Australian and feels uniquely Australian to like that specific kind of coasty... You know, it's the, yeah, only book yeah. I've ever, it's the only comic I've ever read with the word festy in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You'd, you'd think it would pleasing. be unintelligible to, yeah. to, to non-Australians, wouldn't you? And I, and I was worried about that. But I, do, I, I just think humans are, are really... Not only are they really good at deciphering other people's sort of like local patois, but mm. they're interested in it. They, they find it really refreshing and like like challenging. And so... Yeah, I, 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 that was so not a problem. Yeah. Although the book was like not a big deal in the states. Like as far as like it's like it's sold out. Like we've sold two print runs, but like it's it's certainly not like a. Uh, it did. It didn't make. It didn't make like a, a, much of a dent in the indie, in the you know, or the alt comics sort of world in mm. in the states. I still have to like, if I, you know, if I, <laughs> If I want someone to read it, I still have to send them a copy. You know, as far as like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So just in the ether. Because I, because I, 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 the other thing that I uh, that I have done is I, I set up a um, an organization called Comic Art Workshop. I was reading about that this morning. It sounds amazing. Mm. So that was for that was because I felt like there was. There's no, um, there's no like organisational support for, for like an Australian or New Zealand or Indonesian artist who's looking for, um, who's, who's trying to do a, a big ambitious comics project and, and 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 needs like needs sort of, sort of help or you know a second set of eyes or or, or, or an important discussion or, um, so, so like. I, I, we basically a friend a friend who's an academic at Melbourne Uni. We set up like a little residency program, and um, and the idea is uh, every two years we run like a, a two week residency. And if you're uh, if you're working on an ambitious project like a long form comic or something, and uh, and you're feeling like alone, <laughs> as we do, or or you need like you really wanna you really wanna feel like. You, you kind of have some institutional and social support. Um, you can sort of apply to come to one of these residencies, and and we do like a every everyone who participates gets a, like a like a, a group discussion around their work. So so like one of the reasons I did it was because I needed it, you know. So I bought my graphic novel there in thumbnail draft, and um, 15, 16, 17 people read it, and uh, and we had a big, you know, like big really rigorous discussion about it and and especially about that stuff like uh like structural storytelling and that big picture stuff that if you could you could spend an entire career working in short form comics and never actually come across a real like structural narrative problem that Mm. that say a novelist or a screenwriter might might encounter in one of the early projects so that that's kind of what what, uh my partner in this project decided that that we needed 
So yeah, so the so that's that's another thing that that's that, awesome um, that we do. And another thing we bring um, we bring uh, guests from overseas, which is how I got onto that. Because when I'm trying to get people to come over to to <laughs> to so like like we got uh, Tom Hart and Leela Corman to come over for the the 2015 residency, which is in Tasmania, and um, yeah, they hadn't they hadn't read my book, so I was like like <laughs> I had to be like. Like I had to, had to send them a copy and go, yeah, you know, like Australian comics is a thing. Come over and uh, and they, uh, yeah, they they came over in the end and it was really fantastic. So if uh, any creators listening right now want to get involved in that, yeah, so we we'll we'll do a, we're gonna our next residency will be in Indonesia um, wow. in 2017. What do you know the about the Indonesian the comics book scene? A little bit. But I know it's pretty big. Yeah, and, uh, I've heard it's like yeah, massive. I'd yeah. love to. One of the things that I would quite like to do in the future is work at like translating some of that stuff and getting it printed in English because mm. the comic scene in the sort of um, Southeast Asia is like super mm. interesting. Mm. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, the place we're going to do it is called Jogjakarta in Central Java, and that's a big sort of uh, hub for um, graphic arts and visual arts, and there's heaps of cartoonists there too. So yeah. That, it should be good. So yeah, we're, we're going to do a call out for applicants in early early 2017. Is there a website people should keep? An yeah, eye on? it's just comicartworkshop.com.au. Nice. That's sort of got a some a recap on our 2015 residency and, and a little description of what we do. Yeah, it's a that's been a, that's been a really tricky but really positive project. The 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 residency. I'm I'm really. You know, put a lot of work into it, and I'm really happy that with, with how how it's coming along. Cool. So the um, the live performance or oh, live yeah. reading of, yeah. of Blue, which is uh, why, why, why we've got you here today. <laughs> um, I, I've seen uh, on your um, on your social media accounts lately, you've been printing out some massive uh, massive prints of some of the panels, mm. and you've got uh, a cast of uh, of different voices to lend a, lend their voice to your characters. Yeah, have you ever been to a comic book reading? I've never. I've. I don't think I've ever even heard of that, so I don't even know what that entails. Yeah, it's weird. Have Sounds you? <laughs> so what? I when I had the launch of Blue, and when I and when I do lectures, you know, sometimes I get asked to do the guest lectures at universities and stuff. I always do like a, an impromptu reading, where I get some, I get a bunch of goons up from the crowd, like some, you know, you know the sort of people who when you go. Can I have a volunteer? They're like, oh me, 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 me. <laughs> so I get, I get those guys up, and then, and then we, we, uh, I, I, I kind of set the images up in like a really like elaborate, um, interactive sort of keynote presentation, so that, uh, so that the images come up in in a, in a really in the in the appropriate sort of order on screen, and it kind of uses page layout as well, you know, in the way that comics should. Um, and then, uh, and then we get people to read the, read the, the dialogue. And as a, as a way of beginning a lecture, it's really fun because it's a, they're reading it for the first time, and it's hard to read because it's in this like heavy Australian accent. And you know, so that's been this thing I've been doing for years. Um, and then a friend of mine, uh, who who lives up the road from me, who, who's who's a, he really loved the book and. And and he loved it because it was set in this neighbourhood that we we live in now. He was uh, he was uh, driving home from a gig with with uh, the Australian actor David Field. Do you know David Field? 
think so, yeah. He's, 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 he's in two hands. He's like yeah, Akko yeah, yeah, in two yeah, hands. Yeah, yeah. And he's oh, in yeah. the he's in the Hungry Thirsty Oak yes. ads. Oh, yeah. He told off my boyfriend guy. at the circus for swearing. Really? Wow. <laughs> His daughter was there. Anyway. You should, you should yeah. have told him that he likes Man. Cracked Magazine more than Mad Magazine too and he maybe, maybe he could have punched him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. He, uh, if he told me to stop swearing, I'd <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We were like, okay, sorry. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And, apparently, and they were having a chat about the book and apparently Fieldsy really loves the book. Really? He also lives you know, on our, down the road from, from us too. So, so and, and they sell it at the and corner they, store. They were, the they time, were right? drunk and dry, you know, and... and I hope they weren't driving home now that I think about it. But they were sort of spitballing like how you could turn it into a live show because Fieldsy wanted to read the the um, the audio and um, and Chris knew a bunch of musicians and so they basically it just sort of came together without without n- much sort of energy from me. Amazing. Um, and uh, and uh, so and then this festival got on board and and commissioned us like actually commissioned us to to put the show on. And um, yeah. So so what it is, we've got a we've got this massive outdoor cinema screen, and the images are gonna are gonna come up on on screen. The, the panels from the comic, and uh, and I'll be reading the narration, and we've got all these like like teenagers from the from the Illawarra to read the to read the the, the, the parts of the three dreadful little teenagers in the book and uh and we've got this fantastic band um who we've we've got members from shining bird and dakota ring and a bunch of like and uh the strides a bunch of like a uh, really great um australian bands and they're writing a score especially for the for the show oh, wow. so and they're going to be playing that live so you'll have the screen up in front of you to the right you have actors behind microphones and um and to the left you'll have uh a, a live band sort of sort of playing the score so it'll, it'll it's like a it's a comic but there's a there's a there's a real huge live element to it so that sounds amazing that's it's, unreal it's I, I hope it is amazing I have no idea how it's going to go if it goes I, well you should uh, yeah. tour this to yeah. beach, beach communities around that, Australia that, that is yeah. the plan that's the plan <laughs> is it fun seeing your work projected up that big as well yeah yeah it's <laughs> it's the most uh, that's kind of cool but for me, what's really satisfying is seeing musicians respond to the work in a way that feels right to me. Like, and and to hear a teenager read my dialogue in a way that feels right to me is really exciting. Like, this it, suddenly it it feels bigger than just my own little like nerdy art cave fantasy, which is you know like what what it has been up until now. You know, this this like thing you do alone, like you know, in solitude now. So is that, and David Fields is is going to do a voice. Nah, that, that, he he he's he's not in. He, I was he, like, which teenager he, is he? He got he be? got <laughs> bo- he got booked for a movie or something, and he was like, he couldn't do the day. But Plus, if we if we tour it, uh, uh, we'll, he'll he'll we'll try and get him. He, in. he, he ran out of oak milk. Yeah, <laughs> is that what that's for? Now remember. he's just hungry. Yeah. <laughs> it must also be amazing getting to see like a live reaction to your yeah. work because it's such like a comic. You just put it out into the world and you hope people like yeah, it. And you very yeah. rarely get to like get a reaction from it. So that must be really really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And and what's cool is like I know I know a, a little bit how it's going to play out because I've I've done it. You know, in lecture theatres so many times, but um, the audience is just like, like, like participates in a way that they ma- they might not 
in, in with cinema or something mm. or a gig or something like that because they're reading and they're sort of like they you can really feel the audience sort of willing you to to do well and that's and that's kind of a, a great a great sort of like it just creates a great vibe so have you, have you been at something similar to this before I've never heard of, it, of a live comic book reading like this I saw a live band do a score for Sean Tan's comic The Arrival oh, amazing at Graphic yeah that was pretty good um, it was a silent book though yeah. so like yeah. a lot less moving parts than, than this project but um, that's not to say that like yeah, that was that, that was pretty great. Um, yeah, it's been it's been crazy. So we're going away for the weekend, this weekend coming just just to run through the sh- the show a bunch of times, and that's that's uh, that's I'm actually really excited. Collaboration is so fun. Like <laughs> after like, especially on a thing, you know, I probably spent three years alone in this awful little studio in Melbourne working on this book. So it's really nice. It's really nice to like talk to other people, hang, hang out, and actually be doing work as well. You know, yeah. Cool. So, um, if you missed it at the beginning of the episode, uh, and you want to hear where this uh, can be found again, it's got the new iOS, and it takes way longer to unlock my phone to find this information. So, bear with me. You should just never um, update your stuff like me. You're ruining the illusion by, by <laughs> talking about your phone. <laughs> the illusion of what? I don't know. That, that we're all in some pro studio. <laughs> Listening to With a live band music. in the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's uh, next Thursday, the 29th of September. This Thursday when, when the episode comes out. Not, not, not next Thursday, the Thursday after. When this oh, comes out. Oh, sorry. Yep. I just wrecked that. You'll have to yeah, edit that out. No, I'll leave it in. It's, uh, it's you know, more believable. <laughs> Adds to it. Uh, it's at the uh, Yours and Owls uh, Fringe Festival. Yeah, so it's just it's downtown Wollongong behind the art gallery. And there's a whole bunch of stuff going on there. That <laughs> we weekend. don't do addresses in Wollongong. It's just like <laughs> <laughs> tickets are twenty five bucks from Mosh Ticks, and uh, it sounds like it, well, it kicks off at uh, seven o'clock on the 29th. Yeah, you should totally come, and uh, you can totally ruin the story in advance for free. By heading to boltonblue.com. I know. Blue. I know we didn't. Um, I know we didn't plan this in advance. But can we do some sort of free ticket thing? Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Easy. All, right. All right. So, so how, what are we going to do? Go. Let's work it out. Let's work it out live. <laughs> um, fan art. Fan art. Sure. Uh, yeah. They have to draw something blue. Best, best fan art posted on on Facebook. Just draw something blue and post it in the comments. Best Smurf wins. Yeah. But draw yeah. A Smurf. Draw anything blue. And you can and, win free and, tickets and to this. And are they posting it on your page? Or Just yeah, sure, on our page. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Should we um, now? Now we're looking like idiots. Do they need <laughs> to have a hashtag or something? Or? No, no, no. So in, in, I'll, we'll, we'll post this episode link up on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. And in the link there, if you just want to post a picture of something blue, you can win tickets to this incredible live performance. Yeah. Damn, two two tickets. And if you are n- if you live nowhere, For you and your sweetheart, and you just want to draw something blue. What an amazing date night. We'll make sure Pat can give you a, you know, a, a, a personal compliment to your blue pictures <laughs> if, you, if you send them to us from overseas. All right. We what just quick, worked that out live. That's amazing. <laughs> um, and you should definitely uh, read Blue. If you haven't read it yet, you should, uh, you should, you should have listened, read it before listening to this episode, for one. But hopefully this episode has convinced you that you should read it. I have a writer friend of mine who lives in the UK called James Ross Edwards. Oh yeah, who uh, pretty much says that as an Australian, it should be like your right, like you know, it, it's important that every Australian reads Blue. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. That's a nice thing to say, isn't it? 
I think it's weird. I, like, I, I think it's a really strange book. I like. Well, I mean, I think it's just that that inherent growing up surrounded by that. Yeah. You know, like, oh shit. You know, mum said curry muncher. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> that uh, that horrible like that accepted racism that gets less and less accepted as you mm. get older, but you can't forget that racism that you was just, that was considered yeah. the norm. Yeah. And you know. You don't condemn the characters in your book yeah, for being yeah. racist, it, and, and which isn't to say that you think it's fine. It's just that, that it was just prevalent in this community, and you know, and the narrator of the book, you know, laments that you can't even buy a sausage roll or yeah. a meat pie anymore. Yeah, uh, and, it's, and it's just like this, you know, like that that white need to for things to always be the same forever. Um, I, I think it really resonates with you know. I, I, I didn't grow up any. I grew up in like Hornsby. Which yeah. is nowhere near the beach, but that 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 sentiment was definitely surrounded me when I was growing up. Oh, that's good. I kind of like. I, I kind of. I kind of come. You know, like, like it's not good, but it's good. It's good that you are. It's good that the book sort of like connect, it seems to connect with people yeah. in a way that I don't really understand. Like, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't really know what it is, but I. I kind of like. I think I. I, I I spent a lot of time swimming around in my own memories and trying to find like weird memories, mm. and then and then throwing those in, in into the into the book, and they all kind of seem to like mesh together. So like like a, like weird memories of like hanging out with mates on the train line, you know, and how how that felt strange and memorable, and then weird memories of like being in a store and seeing like I remember the first time I saw. Um, so I, uh, the first time I saw an Indian person speaking Hindi, you know, mm. like and and this this like utter like shock that there were like, like I must have been four years old or something. This, this utter shock that there were like peop- this whole other kind of people, and you know, mm. like they spoke this whole other kind of language. So like, I, like I'm I spent a lot of time sort of going back to these moments in my life and and trying to and trying to sort of capture them and, and throw them into the into the book somehow. And uh, and I, I think that might be why, like like, I think Australian people of my age just they get this weird feeling of nostalgia or something <laughs> out of the book. But it's also guilt. uncomfortable. Gu- yeah. Guilt to nostalgia yeah. together, yeah. But it's incredibly relatable, and yeah. it feels like there's just something like there's something I don't know what it is. Whether it's like the way everything looks in the book or the the dialogue or what, but there's just it has a really strong really strong vibe of like the Australian coast at that time yeah. and even now like if yeah. you go to certain coastal towns it looks yeah. still yeah. the same and still has the same kind of feel to it so it was it, I always love seeing the Australian experience reflected back in a way that feels genuine to me because I think a lot of the time it's very easy to misrepresent what Australia yeah. is actually like and so gets, I think it it's always interesting to see so something quickly, real doesn't it like, yeah. like it's a, like it's like people like dodge hop over the real and just get to this cliche mm. zone and 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 you're like oh but all, all, all the, the rich stuff is there, there. Yeah. yeah like so and that's for me that's the challenge of the show is like getting a like a 15 year old from like a performing arts high school to read like a working class accent in yeah. a way that doesn't feel like like sure. some weird theatre kid parody, yeah, you know, and getting a, and getting a musician to kind of like, like write a, 
write a, a you know like a, a bass line or a, or a guitar a, line that a bass line that's kind of racist yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no, no, no but you're right that's it's racist that, but like, like a family member that's yeah. racist that you still love like, yeah <laughs> totally like like yeah Get angry anderson to consult because <laughs> you know like and all of that tone stuff is so new to me so mm. so that, like this is what's really exciting about about the show it's sort of like it's sort of like the what i imagine like Making a short film would be like, or, or something like mm. that, where you've got a, you've got all these collaborators and you and you're sort of going, oh, like, I've got to get the tone right, you know, like like you've got to make sure that they that we're all on the same page, which is scary and, and exciting at the same time. Yeah. yeah, well, it sounds amazing. Uh, again, you can catch it 29th September at the uh, Yours and Owls Festival in Wollongong, just next week. Uh, look forward to it. Again, you should read uh, boltonblue.com is where you can find. Blue in its entirety for free. You should definitely go write it. And uh, of course, your website is for other stuff. That's it. The you big, can just go to boltonblue.com. The other one's there. broken. Now okay. you've embarrassed me. Oh, God. <laughs> Fix your website, Fix you dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, you can catch King, uh, sorry, uh, you can catch Serious Issues online, facebook.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. Uh, let us know if there's any Australian creators that we'd, you'd like us to reach out to for an episode. Talking with them next was a pleasure talking with you, Pat. Can you talk to Gregory McKay next? Okay, and then Who Chris Gooch. All right, write them all down. I don't know who you are. He's just making up names. Chris no, Chris no, Gooch. they're real people. <laughs> they're both handsome men. All right, all right. So that's the requirement. They have to be handsome. <laughs> yeah. uh, thanks so much for listening, and we'll uh, see you next week at Serious Issues. Thanks, guys. See ya. Hey, this is Levins. Thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues. If you're not completely sick of my voice by now, why don't you check out one of my other podcasts? One is called Hey Fam, and it's about comedy and pop culture, so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows, all that kind of thing. The other one is called The Mitchin, and it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. 
Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com code SUMMER. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.